0: Our epistle lesson this morning is found in Acts chapter 10, beginning in verse 34. Then Peter began to speak to them. I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our children may be dismissed to continue with their time of worship. Let us pray for a moment. God, we ask that in these moments of listening, that you might speak a new word to us. That you might allow us to feel you and hear you anew. Through Christ we pray. Amen. There are times in each of our lives when we're confronted with a new situation or a new truth. It kind of takes us back. We have to pause for a moment and, and kind of let things settle in before we can begin to really let that information soak into our brains. Take, for example, week before last, it was colder in Louisville than it was at the North Pole. And with the cold and wind from the polar vortex, it was so cold the water at Niagara Falls froze. Really? Wow. And then there was the announcement that Charlie Strong was leaving the Louisville Cards to go to Texas. Really? Wow. Followed by the news that Bobby Petrino was going to be the new coach at U of L again. Really? <laughs> wow. I guess you can tell how I feel about that. <laughs> Well, in our text today, Peter has one of those moments. What he has known about the kingdom of God gets challenged, and he comes to a new understanding about God's work in the world. In order for us to get a full picture of the significance of this text that I read, though, we need to look back a few chapters in Acts For Peter's speech and declaration about the inclusivity of God comes as a result of an encounter between himself and a centurion, a guard, named Cornelius, who is a Gentile and a believer. Cornelius has a vision in which he's commanded to send a messenger to go to Peter and ask Peter to come to his home. Around the same time, Peter is having a vision as well, in which he sees a sheet let down from heaven, and in the sheet are unclean animals of all kinds. And a voice commands Peter to kill and eat these animals. But Peter refuses to do that, saying, these animals are unclean according to Jewish law. I can't do that. And then a voice says, what God has made clean You must not profane. Peter's still in the process of kind of thinking of what this vision might mean when the messengers from Cornelius show up at the house where he is and they ask him to come to Cornelius' home and speak to him and his family. And all of a sudden, Peter has one of those moments, those aha moments, where he begins to realize that the vision that he has had is not just about unclean food. It is about unclean people. The issue is who can be considered to be a part of the people of God. So Cornelius and his family become kind of the first test case for Peter here. Does Cornelius really belong to the kingdom of God like Peter does? Is being part of the kingdom solely a matter of your ethnic background? Or is it about faith and the kind of life that flows out of faith in God? Well, Peter goes to the home of Cornelius and shares with them all the people there, this new understanding about who is included in the kingdom of God that we read about in the text today. And all in Cornelius' family believe and are baptized. And as a result of this, Peter probably has one of those experiences where he thinks, Really? (laughs) Wow. He is having to make some changes in this understanding of how God chooses to work. Peter realizes this new understanding is about the action of God in the world and the power of God to change people. God has been at work long before Peter's realization, drawing people like Cornelius to faith, not just the children of Israel. God's circle of love and inclusion has been much bigger than Peter had been able to understand or see up to that point. And God's love is bigger than we can imagine. For whoever said that we get to draw the boundary lines around the kingdom? I think that's a pretty dangerous presumption. For this love that we carry within ourselves, is, it's not ours. It's God's to use and share as God wills. We are not the author of the boundaries of the kingdom of God, For God is still at work in this world, revealing God's self to us and calling us to new ways of seeing this inclusion of God's love. And sometimes it will surprise us just like it did Peter. I read on Facebook this week that a principal of an elementary school got fired because she would not allow children who were on free lunch to be shamed. Apparently, those students with empty lunch account balances were being made to have a stamp placed upon their hand by the cafeteria workers indicating that they didn't have money to pay for lunch. And they got nothing to eat but a cheese sandwich. And worse still, The food service workers had been doing this to kids who were supposed to be getting free lunches. The principal was not aware of this until some parents called because that practice had been banned in the school district for years. So when the parents complained, the principal tried to put an end to this hand-stamping, shaming process. But the response from the school board ultimately was that she was fired After eight years of faithful and dedicated service, that is not fair or just or right on many levels, both for the children and their families and for the principal. But the reality is there are many situations and places in our world and in our own city where we live where life is not fair and people play favorites but our scripture says that God doesn't play favorites. God shows no partiality. Everyone is invited to the table of love and all sit together at a round table, not a table where there's a head and a foot, a place of importance, but a place where we all come as equals, those who are broken and those who appear to have it all together, those who have all the money they need And those who don't have a dime in their pocket, all equal, all invited to become a child of God, to be part of this love that will transform your life and my life if we will allow that to happen. But let's be honest here. There can be a price that comes attached to living out the inclusive love of God. It's not enough to just know that God doesn't play favorites. It's up to each one of us to enforce that in the ways that we live and work and vote and care for this world where we live. So before we get too comfortable knowing that we're in the inner circle of God's love, let's look at some fine print here. Peter declares, I truly understand that God shows no partiality to anyone who fears God and does what is right and acceptable. So this inclusive love of God is not like a get out of jail card free. It comes with some expectations. We are to fear or respect, probably is a better word, God, and do what is right. Well, probably most of us sitting in that room can put a check by that box. We strive to do that. But Peter goes on to say, it's our job to share this good news of God's inclusive love. Really? Wow. Now, I have to admit, we at Highland do a pretty good job of trying to be inclusive and we strive to love and respect God and do what is right. But we get to this part about sharing the good news and we begin to do some backtracking. We pull out our excuses. I don't know what to say to someone about that. Or I don't want to offend anybody by telling them about Jesus. Or, you know, witnessing to somebody about Jesus has so much negative baggage for me from my life before that I I, I just can't do that. We'll just invite someone to church and let the ministers tell them about God. Well, I certainly am not going to knock you for inviting someone to church. That's a good thing. But I want to push us a little bit on shying away from the verbal part of giving witness to Christ. I think we do a really good job with the action, showing people God's love. But sometimes we shy away from the verbal part. And over the next few weeks, Joe and the staff are going to be preaching about the mission statement of the church as a way of reminding us about what we believe and to what we are called as people of faith in this world. We as Highland Baptist Church need to be aware of and intentional about living out our faith, and that includes sharing the good news. In a recent article, Dr. Molly Marshall says, "...witness is a word that has fallen out of favor in many Christian circles." Baptists of the moderate and progressive stripe have devoted ourselves to pursuits of peace and social justice as a means of witness, and surely these deeds speak of our concern for human flourishing. We work in conflict resolution. We work to stem the tide of sex trafficking. We work to eradicate the suffering of children in poverty, and we work to slay ignorance. She goes on to say, we know how empty words without deeds are, yet deeds need words also. Witness requires both, she reminds us. Well, I agree that some of the old ways of sharing about salvation can be offensive to certain people, but that doesn't excuse us from doing what we have been commanded to do and that is to share the good news of God's inclusive and transforming love. In preparing to preach this morning, I remembered a quote that I heard a long time ago, I think when I was in high school or something. I had to Google it to find out who said it so I could give uh, credit, Dr. David Fuller, not Roy Fuller. (laughs) But he said this, if you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Mm, Ouch. Other than attending church, what evidence of faith would there be against us? What happened in your spiritual life this last week that would cause someone to wonder about the hope that is within you? Are we doing the work of love in our homes, our workplace in our community? In one of his recent speeches, Pope Francis told his audience that they should be the sort of shepherds that have the smell of sheep on them. I like that. What if we chose to consciously look for a way to share the love of God each day or each week in some big or small way? That's a good thing to resolve to do, but I guess we first need to entertain some questions. Do we really believe that God is active in the world today? Do we believe that God still reveals to us new ways of understanding and living out our faith? Can we, like Peter, allow God to draw the circle of love bigger and wider as God chooses? Or will we limit the revelation of God to us by standing on tradition or comfort? Tough questions. We've had to wrestle with God's circle of love and inclusion this year as we as a church have made decisions about membership. It's not been easy. And as faithful people, we have struggled to discern the will of God. And I can pretty much guarantee you that as a church, we're going to have other questions that will challenge us to examine where the boundaries of God's love are drawn. Is it possible for us to have a new understanding of how this work of love is supposed to be shared? Are we open to the inbreaking of the Spirit in our lives, in our church, Are we willing to step back and anticipate one of those really, wow, moments when God reveals to us a new truth, a new way of spreading the gospel to those who have not been reached? Henry Blackaby says, you never find God asking people to dream up what they want to do for God. Blackaby says, without a doubt, the most important factor in each biblical situation was not what the individual wanted to do for God. The most important factor was what God was about to do. Think about that. That's true. I wonder what God is about to do at Highland Baptist Church. And I also wonder... What are we willing to risk this year? Are we willing to listen and look for ways that God is calling us to be inclusive as well as evangelistic? I said the word. Are we willing to listen together so that we might discern the movement of God among the people at 1101 Cherokee Road? It's a scary thing to do. But I want to say it's also exciting being part of this work that God would invite us to do, to call us to do. I don't want us to be a church that's like a club where we see our friends, we encourage each other, we feel good, and then we go back to our lives. My dream for us is that we would be a church that's like a spiritual gas station where you get a fill up each week and then you go out and use that spiritual fuel in your tank to be about the business of love and justice and hope. And as we set out on that journey this week and this year, may we be open as a church and as individuals to the inclusive love of God in our world and the opportunities that God will present to us as we share with others this hope that is within us and the love that is transforming our lives daily. Thanks be to God. Amen. Pray with me. God, give us those moments when we glimpse you anew Open our eyes to see you, to hear you, and give us the courage to share your good news that all are invited to be a part of your work of love in this world. Through Christ we pray. Amen.